Hi, I'm Dan Krikorian. And I'm Patrick Carney. And we're Slapping Glass. Welcome to Slapping Glass, where we explore basketball's best ideas, strategies, and coaches from around the world. Today, we are excited to welcome the head coach of Mambas Obradorio in Spain's top professional division, Mancho Fernandez. Coach Fernandez is here today to discuss the nuts and bolts of the four-corner pick-and-roll offense, how and why offenses adapt mid-season, staying innovative as a coach, and whether he would foul up to during our overrated or underrated segment. Please make sure to subscribe to the podcast and leave us a rating on Apple. Follow us for daily detailed breakdowns on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And subscribe to our Sunday morning newsletter where we consolidate and break down much of the best that we've seen from around the world of basketball. And now, please enjoy our conversation with Coach Mancho Fernandez. We'd like to start with going back in the history of your coaching career and some of the influences and some of the, I guess, coaches and people that you studied coming up through the profession that helped shape your philosophy on the game of basketball. So a tough question to answer because I think that the philosophy of a coach is a everyday things. You keep improving from the beginning. I love my my job because that because your capability to be better it's every day. Then there is a lot of uh, aspects of the job that you can improve. Well, in my case, for example, the language, I can speak better in English to be a professional coach, for example, but uh, being serious. Uh, psychology, how do you manage the group, tactics, uh, then every day you can improve. And at the beginning, of course, I, I fix my attention in, in, in the coaches who have more experience than me. I, I wrote a lot when internet doesn't exist. Uh, then right now you can go to the to the net and get a lot of. For example, I recommend you one social media account which name is Slapping Last, which is real good. You can you can see a lot of of tactics and that. But in, in my beginning, we have to to share books. For example, we bring books for, from USA. We translate to Spanish. We share into the uh, the guys and then. Uh, when I started in the professional career, when I started my professional career, I, I worked in ACB like assistant coach in a, in a team which name was Kihong. And then I learned a lot from the, from the coach, Moncho Lopez, which right now is the coach of Porto and was the Spanish national team coach. And, and when I became professional head coach, I think that the, the scouting is one of the best funds to keep learning because every day you have to play against uh, amazing coaches right now happens for me every day in ACB and then from that you can learn right now is you have an easy way to to approach yourself to the EuroLeague EuroCup NBA college basketball then right now I think that the key is uh, uh, be able to choose which is the way that you have to to to, to learn because there is a lot of inputs and there is too much information. My beginning was few, few, and you have that papers, that books, uh, uh, the experience of other coaches. But right now, there is an amount, a bunch of of possibilities to to keep to keep learning. I think that right now the key is be able to erase the things that doesn't work and choose the the, the new ones. No, learn to learn. I think that there is the key right now, not only for, for basketball, if not for the life. Uh, be able to learn new things and adjust yourself to, to the new stuff. Diving in on some of the stuff that you've learned and your philosophies, you know, we've, we've broken down your offense <laughs> twice uh, already. <laughs> we, we really enjoy getting into it. And so we'd like to talk a little bit about the foundations of four-corner pick-and-roll or the short-angle 
pick and roll game. And how did you kind of come into that philosophy offensively? It's a good question. Well, we call we call four corner pick and roll and the, to the angle ball screen. We we call in our Spanish English version reverse ball screen is how, how we call. The idea was born from from our. Uh, the, the way that me and my staff I understand uh, how the offense should be. Um, we like uh, to run what we call, uh, in Spanish, should be libre game, which means uh, literally free game in, in English, which uh, consists in give to the, to the guys uh, some rules, uh, with, uh, give to the guys uh, some weapons, weapons, then and then they have the possibility to choose between all that stuff and to run it. Uh, how we do that? Uh, of course, if we face a edge defense or we, fa we face a ice defense or a defense where they switch or whatever, we give them different possibilities. And then on the court, other players, the, the one who, who chooses the different options because we are firm believers that they are the, the ones who recognize better on the court what is what is happening. Of course, we have a more a street plays, but usually all our offensive stuff uh, goes all around this idea. Give to the guys some different rules, but they have the possibility to choose. The, the good thing is that they are recognizing, realizing what is happening on the court. And the bad thing is that neither that the other four guys or the other three guys, in the case of the ball screen, they realize what his teammate is doing and moving in the same way. This is the, the key order, what we try to do. How do you, in practice, and how do you go about building, getting the guys to read and you know, understand what the, the ball screeners are doing? How do you kind of build the offense then to five on five? We, we usually use the same way always, which is start from a global situation where we explain to the guys what we are looking for. For example, if we are going to face a uh, edge defense, fell us and this is the motion that we want, then we talk about. Then what we do is split the game in, in small parts or three, three on three, four on four. We develop, uh, for example, shooting drills. Uh, to work on that, for on all, for example. At the end, we come back to the global job in five on five, real speed, and that. For example, in the five on five, sometimes we direct the defense, we manage the defense, and we say we are going to do edge here. Then we want blah blah blah. But how the practice is going on uh, at at the end, what we do is make what we call a surprise defenses, and then the guys have to to react. Uh, right now, with the support of the video and that, we are giving them uh, a lot of feedback about, hey, we have to do that and that. And of course, because we don't run European competition, we have a lot of time to practice and that let us uh, work on the individual working out. If we want to attack the edge defense, it's not only a matter of how we space the court. It's a matter of how we cool split the screen, how we could pass to the roll, how we can use the skip, the bounce pass, how we can use the spin move to attack in the opposite side in a misdirection pass or whatever. Then we try to uh, put all together. We are talking about the general tactic. We are talking about the general space. We are talking about shooting drills who help us to understand that. We are talking about the video and we are talking about the working out who in which improve the skills of the players to attack that kind of defenses. It's not the same kind of pass that you use to attack the edge defense, that, for example, to attack the collapse defense. And then this is uh, more or less our way to work on the offensive situations. How did you land on, or how did you guys decide to run so many reverse angle screens? Was it a response to defenses you were seeing, or was it... Because it's not that it's unusual, but you know, more likely you're seeing screens to the wide side of the floor. How did you decide to do the reverse angle? Because we, we, we ran also the, the regular way. We could call the regular way, you know, from the sideline to the middle. We also ran. But I think that the, the offense, 
Uh, and the defense is always the same. You run one situation, the defense find the answer to collapse you, then you go with the next step and it keep going still till the end, from the beginning of the basketball. Then uh, I think that uh, 10 years ago, more or less all the alignments were ready to, to attack the edge defense, who was the most common defense in, in Spain, for example. And then all the spacing was to attack that. But the defense was in an in a evolution, and right now, green defense, well, we call green, which means go under, uh, a flat defense, I don't know, uh, it's a matter of name. But the, the blue defense, denying the, the ball screens, or the switch defense, that are more common. And then uh, we realize that with this angle, with this situation, what we call the reverse ball screen, doing that at the beginning led us in the next step to attack the defense, uh, have a best, a best spacing. And at the same time, with the same alignment, we can do uh, different answers to different questions. If uh, the defense uh, run, I don't know, switching defense, we can attack with determinate rules. If they uh, flat or if they also, if they edge, this angle is not a bad angle to attack. Then it's a solution for something that we that we face. For example, the nest defense, the collapse defense, and all that the stuff that right now we are we are seeing. Um, for that reason, we choose one. We choose this, sorry. But it's not the only one that we run. We run also central ball screens and, and ball screens in, we can say, a regular way. Uh, but we think that the, this reverse one let us uh, not only get advantage from the ball screen, if not, uh, get advantage for the next action. Could be a isolation, or could be a ball inside, or could be a screen to coming off a screen, for example, and generate advantage for the shooters. Coach, with uh, I mean the reverse skin and the regular screen, what are you telling your big men on the roll? Like what 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 are their kind of progressions after they set the screen and start to roll? It's going to depend on the of the difference that he's facing. Uh, because um, sometimes, uh, uh, like you know, we can uh, face a defense where the two guys in opposite side are very close to the to to, to his man. Then it's gonna let us, for example, go with a short roll. But uh, there are teams who react to that collapsing with the guy which is guarding the 45 degrees guy. Then instead of that, and depending also the abilities, the skills of the players, there are guys who have the ability to to pop and play from that, uh, or if they help with the defender which is close to the to the baseline going real high, you're going to throw a cut, then we are going to fall. It's going to depend on a lot of factors, but if we have to, to say a couple of them, it's what the defense are doing, then we are going to realize that, and which are your abilities because uh, or your skills, because there are guys who can spread the core popping, who are able to do the short roll or a guy go to the deep roll because with you popping we are gonna have a travel. But it's not and it's not true one hundred percent because sometimes there are guys who can't uh, shoot but um, because that deep defenses they are able to pop and then for example go entry hand off situation then you generate a two against one situation. You are not able to shoot, but you can generate from your teammate. Then here are the keys, what I said to you at the beginning. The other guys have to know that this role man can do uh, the three situations, short, deep, pop, depending the defense that we face. And then depending his reaction, we are gonna go in another entry, a handoff, a new ball screen, a regular ball screen, a pin down or whatever. This is. This is more or less what, what we do. But sometimes uh, there are uh, like mandatory situations. Hey, guy, if they switch, go under ring, we are going to go with this uh, motion with our wall. But for example, against a flat defense, he has a lot of possibilities. Also, uh, against an edge defense, not only go in, you can go short roll or you can. And, this, and it depends a lot of how the other team guards you, because uh, I think that in the same way that there is a lot of possibilities to keep going after the ball screen, pop, short roll, deep roll, there is a lot of ways to guard that. 
There are teams who got you with the guy close to the to the baseline. There are teams who collapsed with the other ones. There are teams who play the late switch two against two. Then uh, give you a concrete answer. Uh, it's very difficult. Uh, I need to, to, to know more factors. Like how they play defense, how is our alignment, in which spot we are. You know, basketball is <laughs> a lot yeah. of possibilities. It's, it's, it's almost chest, you know, the, the possibilities of move, it's very big. To, to follow up then, um, if you, you the big is short rolling and the defense is going to hedge out and you don't throw it into the big on the short roll, when is he moving and do you want and how is he sealing then if to reacting to the pass that isn't going to him? It's gonna depend what his defender does because sometimes when we swing the ball after that short rolling that is not advantage, his defender is gonna keep behind. Then if that guy has the ability to post up, for example, we are gonna ask for a sealed or man underneath, we're gonna play the long triangle to post up. But sometimes if okay. he hasn't these skills or he's more comfortable setting a new ball screen, we go into that. Uh, I try to I try to adapt my philosophy to the to the skills of the guys. Is uh, it's not always the same answer to everybody. Then uh, you, Patrick, can do blah 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 because you are more comfortable doing that. But you, Danny, prefer go that. Okay, Danny, go that, and we are gonna react on. On that, of course, our our job, like coaches, is give you more weapons. For the reason I said, you we keep working in the individual workouts, improving that game, and blah blah blah. Sometimes arrive players from we sign a lot of rookie players who came from a determinate yeah. style of basketball, and it's real difficult introducing into that. No real difficult. Needs time. Needs time, and then. Uh, sometimes arrive a guy which is a very good post-up player and we try to give him the weapons of be a ball screen man or the opposite. A guy who only ball screen and roll, ball screen and roll and we try to give them some post-up situations to to, to, to help the, the team in the future and to keep improving like player. Coach, in a lot of your sets and a lot of your motion, um, one, one of the things that I know you've spoken about is the concept of the ball handler improving the angle before they go into the on-ball screen. Um, and the other thing you notice a lot in watching you guys play is the ball handler is often coming into the on-ball with some speed or in or through space. How much of the offense do you want or how much do you teach of having the ball handler go into the on-ball screen and improve the angle or have um, some pace or momentum coming from a dribble handoff into that screen. Okay, <clears throat> in the, in the handoffs, like you say, which are part of our way of play, it's again an option to the player. Like I said to you before, for example, we are waiting for a, I don't know, a edge defense, and the team, the opposite team, uh, as well as with a blue defense denying the ball screen. What I said to the guys is, you have the possibility to convert a buff spacing spotting, a good spacing spot, going with the handoff, or improving the angle with the with the drive to attack that defense that we are facing uh, right now. Then again, it's a it's a option for the for the guys, and at the same time, it's a, a weapon. Itself, because there is a lot of teams who switch in that handoffs between perimeter players, then you can get advantage from the switch. For example, splitting uh, into the middle before the handoff and going to a new to a new advantage, looking for a back door, for example, or going into a new staff. We try to think in our place like uh, something alive that keep improving every day, depending the answers that we that we face. And at the beginning of the, of the speech, I said to you that um, we improve and we learn a lot from our uh, partners in coaching in the league because they, they give uh, very, very good answers to our options and then force us to keep improving. Um, for example, at 
at the beginning, uh, last season, when we introduced the four-corner ball screen for first time, uh, we, we talk a lot about the regular way. But we realized that the reverse ball screen, which started to be an uh, option in the half part of the season, this new season we have from the beginning because we realized that it works and uh, gave to the guys uh, new ways to attack them. Uh, there are a lot of questions that we are improving during the season because after do our own scout report and working ourselves, one, one situation who have success during the first part of the league, we see that the other teams are able to stop us and then uh, force us to go into a new into a new situation. So, and, and more or less, this is the one that we do with with everything. And, and I think that is not only my thing. I think that everybody goes in that way. You've mentioned a lot the spacing and the other guys kind of reacting to how the defense is going to guard the role. Um, what we've noticed and really appreciate with your teams is your off-ball cutting, specifically the the shallow cut where the guy is coming from the corner and replacing to the top. Can you speak on, is there a certain defense that that's really good at punishing? Is it a read from your, your guys or what's kind of your philosophy with the shallow cut? Like, like everything that we do, uh, the 90% of the times is a, is a read of the guys. Then uh, what I said to them, uh, guys, if we realize that, I don't know, they are doing the nest defense. They are helping from the strong side when the ball screen is going. We have the possibility to cut or we have the possibility to isolate. Who takes the decision? The decision comes from the guy on the corner. And in the same way that we use a lot of words on defense, uh, because everybody talks about, hey, we have to talk on defense. We have to say, I don't know what you want. All the call keys that you can use. There is a lot. I think I'm a firm believer that we have to use call keys in offense too. Then in the same way that we say a last or nest or ice or whatever, in offense we have our call keys also. And then in the moment that that guy realizes from his spot, for example, the guy on the corner usually are the one who have a best view of what is happening. He says, I don't know, cut. And then everybody moves with that. And it's something that we work on practice, of course. And then the, the one who realized that situation better move. And if we get the advantage, okay, we take it. And if not, uh, we always have a second option if we don't get nothing from here. And, and, and again, it's something uh, personal. Uh, you, Patrick, when you cut, and if there is nothing, you can post up, for example, because you are very good uh, back to the basket. If not, you fell like you are not comfortable posting up. Okay, hmm. come back over your steps, spread the court, balance the offense again, and we go with a new uh, ball screen. You, guy, and we could keep going till the, till the end. But to answer your questions is, uh, okay, uh, you are thirsty, yes. You have water, you have coffee, or you have yeah. Coke. <laughs> you choose. But advice to the other ones what you are going to do. Coach, to follow up, you, you mentioned, I, if I understood it right, you said that the decision is the guy from the corner where he's going to cut. Is that correct? I understand that on, on some of the motion, the guy in the corner can decide where he's going and then people will read off of where he goes. Is that what you mentioned? Yes. Could be the guy on the corner, could be the guy on, on the wing on, on 45 degrees on, on this area. Or could be, for example, the, for, for his uh, spot. Uh, I don't know why. We run a corner ball screen, single to full side, and they nest on nest defense. They help with a, a strong side help. For example, uh, a rule could be we always cut with the foreman. If the foreman is in the corner, he screens. If the foreman is on the wing, he cuts. What happened that instead of being a foreman and a perimeter player, there are two perimeter players. We decide. In this uh, case, we cut always from 45 degrees, the other one reacts. Or the opposite. Uh, we, we always screen with the guy on the corner. Of course, the, the scouting, 
the weak plan help us to take that situations because okay this thing is going to do that fellas in this game we do that or with this thing we do that and we can switch uh, the the options but uh, usually during the week we establish we establish that uh, sometimes for example we go it's defense reverse ball screen short roll they help with the guy on the baseline that we call bleed man uh, and then if, if we have a paper you and me we are going to say okay cut with the guy from the corner but if the guy from the corner is like me and it's like that six uh, uh, foot he's gonna cut but there is not gonna be advantage because you are gonna put him in a trouble if you pass the ball he's open no no he's not open he's in a problem it seems but instead of be a point guard is a don't know six and a half footer okay letting cut and you fold them uh, like i said you all our rules have a very close relation with the skills of the players then okay if you cut you are open but keep there because it's going to be better for you take a three-point shot that cut and and fight against the seven footers which is waiting for you under the ring over the paper is an advantage you cut you false but then the reality says that it's a big problem for them for example okay then i don't like to to say i always do that i like to say to my players 100 percent in basketball means the 95 percent then there is always another option there is but i can do that yes of course i would like to do that you can you oh, but in your case then there is not all, always uh, absolutely uh, sentence this is like that 100 percent. no never for my point of view coach you've mentioned a little about it in our talks but as the season goes on and you start to play these teams for a second time or there's just more film on you for scouting how do you feel your your offense has to evolve in order to you know be competitive in a highly competitive league okay um during the season, like I said you before, we make our own scouting report. Then in my staff, there is a coach, one of my assistants, who only works on us. Then he analyzes everything that we what we do, splitting the thing in different situations. Coming off the screens, wall screens, against sets, against show, against uh, switch defense, blah, blah, blah. And we, are, we try to analyze also using the advanced stats. We have a coach only works on on that and we are seeing for example we have the feeling that this uh, play is working pretty good because uh, we like it um, and we did it other systems or whatever but then we go to the numbers and the advanced stat says okay you will like thing about us 1.1 per possession but this play we are averaging 0.5 when 12 14 or 17 games goes then is what is happening there is an alert then we take a look and we saw okay we are generating advantage where the one which is shooting is moncho and moncho is a terrible shooter and then we have to do other thing it works he's open but he's not the guy who should do that no for example then with uh, these alerts help us to recognize uh, weakness of our of, or strengths of our of our game but at the same time like i said you before the, the other things uh, knows us very good they establish very good defense very good answers to our place and then what we do is giving next steps okay if they do that differences we we, we are Fan believers that this way of play let us give an answer to every question. Then, uh, okay, we are having troubles with the switch defense. We are not going to switch the play. What we are going to do is work on the way that we attack the, the, the switch defense. And then, okay, fellas, we have to improve this pass, this spacing, blah, blah, blah. But if there is a play who doesn't work, we don't have uh, any problem to get it and throw it to the trash and ask uh, new stuff or or whatever but for example if we run a isolation play 
at the end the teams recognize and right now especially without people it's like hey what's up what's up the isolation the isolation then we you have to look for new ways to run the same goal don't renounce to to it because it will be stupid but look for other ways to arrive to the same goal then uh, okay our playbook is in constant evolution or we try to do it of course there are situations that we don't switch because we think that with that way we can attack everything but there is other ones that we are switching uh, getting out if it doesn't work or adding new stuff depending the depending the moment we, we've talked a lot about the offensive side and the of the ball and, and we've we love talking the offensive side obviously but you've also been known to be a, a fantastic defensive coach as well and um i know that a lot of the next defensive concepts of one are ones that you guys have used uh in in recent years can you talk a little bit about the the rise of that defensive concept and why you guys use it okay i think that the first one who who did it here in Spain and in Europe, to be honest, was uh, Aito Arcia Reneses, the coach of uh, uh, Alba Berlin, which is a uh, which is uh, a master. I'm gonna say for everybody in Spain, but I I, I, I will say for everybody in Europe, is uh, one of the, it's a legend. It's a legend who keeps who keeps coaching in, in Euroleague right now, and we always learn from from, from him. But after say that, uh, we try to have the same philosophy from the defensive uh, point of view. Uh, don't give always the same answer to the same question. Then, because the teams at the end uh, realize that you are etching, and then they do the they space the court or they uh, run determinate alignments, which are which is real tough to get. Then. In the same way that in offense we have a lot of weapons, I like to give to the guys some different weapons that we that they can use depending uh, what situation they are they are facing. Then, okay, uh, there are there are some some things that we call basics, which is every day. Doesn't matter the ball screen defense that you're gonna play, that you wanna play, like the defensive transition, the one on one or the passing lines or how is our help uh, a strategy? Okay, more or less this the, the the rebound, the rebound, which is basic. All that basic stuff is every day, but uh, how we are gonna guard the ball screens, the reverse ball screen, the the Spanish pick and roll. Uh, I don't know the isolated ball screen, the coming of the screen situations, cross picks, and that we can manage different answers depending the. Depending the team, depending their offense, their abilities, uh, and and that, and the next defense, the, this is part of that. Then uh, against determinate teams and against determinate draws, you can use it. Uh, you can use it, and it works, and you force uh, a determinate player to 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 pass the ball, or don't let them play that isolations that we talk about. Or like you know, there is players who likes to run the ball screens, let the roller goes, and then they start to play his one on one. Is what we call one on one after the ball screens. There are other ones who likes to pass it. Then uh, when you manage this this defense, and the other teams knows perfectly that you run it, sometimes they are uh, more worried about uh, they are gonna come that they, instead of running their stuff. Then you have to to play. Uh, you have to play with that, but it's like why you run down screens, uh, pin downs, staggered, or I don't know, flash offense, screen the screener, what you want. It's another weapon to give uh, different answers, like I said, you to the same question. I think that is how do you guard that ball screen, coach? My answer is going to be always it depends. The moment, the guys, the alignment. And in, in the same way that I let them take uh, his their own decisions on the offensive end, I like that my players take their own decisions on the defensive end. And we, like coaches, we try to help them with that yeah. weapons or with different tips 
that in the professional basketball at the end is the scouting reports, uh, well, all the knowledge that you have of the other things. Okay. Coach, when you are in next rotation and you're making closeouts, is there a certain way that you'll, will you force middle, will you force baseline, or is there a certain way you force with, within the next rotation when you guys are scrambling? Okay. Uh, <laughs> like you can imagine my, my answer is going to be, it depends. <laughs> uh, it depends. It depends of the ability of the other of the other player. For example, okay, it, that could be a question. Uh, is a shooter? Is not a shooter? But okay, uh, you could answer me. In ACB, everybody can hit that three in a spot up situation. Then the most of the times you have to uh, contest the shot. Then how do you arrive to the close out? And then I try to tell to the guys a sprint, but in the last meters, make short and quick steps, arrive in a balanced situations, balanced situation, sorry, and contest the shot with your closing hand. If he's righty with the left, if he's lefty with the right. That could be an academic answer. Okay, coach. But... I don't like this kind of answers because if I say to you, instead of uh, seven seconds on the score clock, there is three seconds. Arrive jumping and force him to drive. Arrive, no, don't arrive never jumping. Why not? If there is few seconds, arrive jumping. Mm -hmm. If he puts the ball on the floor, it's going to be uh, bad for them. You understand? Then, mm -hmm. uh, is how we are going to guard the closeouts? Other, 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 other question, coach. Uh, you know that the people is not the body is not the same for a righty guy that for a lefty guy. There are guys who have more strength on mm -hmm. the right on the right foot or more strength in the left one, and there are guys which are mm -hmm. very comfortable doing the drop step and then the cross step, and other ones no. Then I think that again you have to adjust your philosophy to the abilities of the players and then help them. How help them with the workout? Of course, you don't have to renounce to do your philosophy because that, but there is not an answer to match up 100% with that determined question. I like to say that there is always different answers, different options, and for me, the key is that the one in the one you believe, do it and explain to the players why you do that. Uh, I like to do that because pa, pa, pa. And then in my case, with the time, uh, with the time going on and getting older, I am less strict than when I start to, when I start to coach because uh, I learned a lot for, for the for other coaches, and of course, for the players who said me, hey, coach, if I do that, okay, this is a good question or it's a good answer. Then uh, I think that everybody is okay if you are a firm believer and you work on that. Then uh, I don't think that my, my true is the true, absolutely. Everybody has to do what they think that is good. Then how do you get the close out? We can talk one more hour about okay. <laughs> Coach, my last then kind of follow up with the next defense. The uh, the next defender who is stunting or making the full rotation is how do you want him to have that stunt? Should in the passing lane or getting in front of the ball? What's important for the next to be successful? <clears throat> uh, two questions. Uh, first one uh, should be when okay. when you jump. When, uh, when he's coming off the screen, one second before he comes off the screen, I think that this one is very, very important. Very important. This is the the the, the, the first the first question. When you do it before he's gonna come, and of course overdrive, which is gonna be very, most difficult to to the passer to 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 do it. The second one is how you stand, how you jump at the beginning. I think that moving all your body, all your arms, getting more space, uh, make you bigger, it will be it will be a good answer. But I have a, a player who make the opposite what he 
what he did or what he does is standing, showing a clear pass line situation. For example, with the arms very close to the body, and then you feel that you have that area to pass. And in the last second, he does like a handball goalkeeper, and he deflects a lot of balls. Or the opposite, he jumps like that, and in the last moment, bang! And we deflect a lot of balls doing that, because you are showing to the office, ah, okay, I have the gap to pass there, and in the last moment, bang! And then, what's a question who made me reflect about, and is, ah, okay, uh, I think that is a very good idea, but not only for the next defense, if not in general, you show a gap, and at the end, boom. And he deflects more balls than the usually, boom, 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 boom. <laughs> then, how do you stand? Which is better? Doing that, I think that uh, sometimes it's correlated also how the player feels more comfortable or not. I, uh, it's going to be what I said yeah. during the, the, the whole hour, but uh, I think that you don't have to ask for the same for every player. There are <laughs> players who have determinate abilities or uh, they are able to do situations that other ones are not able to do it. And then it's, we will see. Okay. Uh, sometimes when you talk with the thing about, hey, fellas, how we can do that? Are we able to yeah. do that? And then, of course, we are able, and they react. I think that this is the way to do it and that. And a lot of times uh, you learn from the players. I'm a very lucky guy because I coach players with a lot of experience and, and players who have very good coaches. Uh, after arrived to Obradoiro, after come to Obradoiro, and then I learn from that uh, from that experience that they have, and, and they have uh, staff, uh, new staff to us that we including them in our philosophy. Coach, this has been this has been really great. Um, we're really enjoying this, so thank you for your time. We uh, we'd like to do a segment now that we've been having with our guests called Overrated or Underrated. We'll give you a, a basketball concepts and then you tell us if you think it's overrated underrated and and we'll kind of rapid fire go through them here so okay to start overrated or underrated the mid-range jump shot uh overrated overrated <laughs> overrated i think that this is one of the toughest shots to to take um it, uh, he needs it needs sorry a lot of skills, a lot of balance in a very difficult situation. I think that, uh, that it's overrated. It's, it's very difficult. There are terminate players who did it, who does it, sorry. Very, very good, but not for everybody. And your just quick follow up do you have uh, sort of an offensive philosophy of you guys are trying to find, you know, a set shot three or layup obviously earlier and a, a jump shot you'll take later in a possession or does it depend on the player? It depends because, uh, for example, this season I have players which are pretty good taking that kind of shots and I prefer that they take the the 12 or 15 jumper instead of go till the end and, and look for a layup. But uh, I think that this is one of the most difficult situations to, to make and there are a few players who manage this situation very good. For example, Marcelino Huertas, the point guard of uh, Tenerife, uh, overrated, no, underrated, because he makes <laughs> from 10 shots, 11. He's pretty, pretty good doing that. Then uh, I'm not going to say, hey, Marcelino, don't take the jumpers where you make every one that you right. take, okay. for example. No? All right, coach. Uh, so my overrated, underrated... Um, Conditioning drills in preseason, you know, putting the balls away and having your guys do some line sprints. Absolutely overrated. <laughs> overrated. <laughs> nah, we 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 don't we don't do that stuff. We we don't we don't believe in that. We think that everybody has to be with with the ball with the ball in the hands of of the guys. No doubts. We put the ball away and go run all around the gym or the forest or whatever is something that we don't we don't do we 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 believe that uh, we have to use the the basketball to work and from the first day on the on precision we we work on that coach uh next 
overrated, underrated, uh, the end of game strategy of fouling up two. Yes, uh, it's you. Can, you can imagine my 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 answer for for me. It de- it depends. <laughs> there are games where we are gonna fall, and there are games where we are uh, play play defense. Then uh, overrated, overrated because I think that it depends a lot. Some of the reasons it depends would it be. Uh, just uh, personnel on the floor or at home or away or what were the things that might play into why you would or would not use it uh, a lot of times the the, the, the the basic stuff is also how the how the players feels is hey, hey guys we, we can play defense uh, this one how do you how do you think or uh, sometimes uh, right now being home or away doesn't matter because we don't have people the most of the times, the most of the times, I prefer I prefer to to play defense if we are, for example, three up. I usually I prefer to play to play defense, but it depends also how many time there is on the on the clock. We have the possibility to have a, a second situation. Sometimes also, if this guy receives the ball for him because his percentage is terrible, that could be. Um, um, for example. There are there are other other tricks uh, that the coaches use, which is, for example, the, the team we are two down, they fall us, and we have two shots, and the coach, the opposite coach, instead of uh, wait to ask for the timeout, he asks strive for the timeout to give my shooter a missing shooter a ninety percent shooter. One minute to think about what happened if you miss, and he missed the first one. And and what which I realized then is was coach was pretty smart, pretty smart because he put the nervous my guy during one minute thinking about a ninety one guy who has the record of free throws in HGB and he missed the first one. Do like that. Um, I'm absolutely sure that he did it at purpose instead of wait. Which is the usual he make or not make the wait for after the first one he called the timeout and he kill us and we lost by one yeah we lost by one all right coach um my next one is uh the specialist so only a great three point shooter or only a defender or only a shot blocker good question. Good questions. It, de- it depends what he does. Pretty good because uh, amazing three-point shooter, um, underrated, and only, 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 only good defender, overrated. With the new basketball, you can you can have a guy who only play defense if he doesn't shoot or that is is a big problem. Then it depends in which this specialist, in which area he's a specialist. If he's a uh, amazing three-point shooter, uh, underrated. If he's only a defensive specialist, overrated. Okay, okay. Thank you for the overrated, underrated. You're, you're off the hot seat on that. The last question for you as we wrap up, you're coaching in a highly competitive league, one of the top leagues in the world. And such a, a difficult league to coach in and ups and downs of wins and losses. So over the course of your career, as a coach at the highest of levels, how do you handle setbacks, losses to come back the next morning or next day and continue to move on? What are some ways that, that you've been able to do that? I think that, uh, first of all, starts <laughs> in yourself. Uh, then uh, you have to to know that uh, win or loss are part of that. Then you can't, like coach, spend too much time thinking about, oh, what a tragedy, this is terrible, uh, we lost, uh, God uh, killed me, blah, blah, blah. It's, you have, uh, like I said, the, the half night after the game, but no more. In the same way when you win, no more. Uh, next morning, you have to arrive to your team and explain them why why the things happens and what you can do to improve and win the next game. Uh, I think that you always uh, need to have a plan. And I, a guy who prefers uh, 
look for the solution of the problem instead of take a big look in, in hey, you did wrong, you did wrong, you did wrong. It's okay, you did wrong, but you did wrong because that, and this is the way to do it in in, in right way. Then I'm not a guy who, it seems the opposite when you see me on the timeouts yelling and blaming, blaming, but I'm a calm guy and I, I prefer when, when the things uh, doesn't go in in the right way, and right now I'm gonna be serious. When you lost and that, uh, keep on the basics, keeping keep doing the things in the ones you believe, and at least if you have to die, die with your own principles. What I never recommend is every Monday switch everything. Uh, that doesn't work. Another thing, another thing, because it, it shows that you you don't know what you have to do. Then, when the when the things doesn't go well, be close to your staff with your your team. Your team is the my assistants, my physical trainer. We are together. Uh, we are gonna do the things that we usually do. Don't let don't receive too much tips mm-hmm. because if not, you are gonna go crazy. And working the things that are your basic principles, uh, keep keep working on that, adapting to, of course, to, to the things that you don't do do right. But uh, when you win or when you lose, uh, stay calm, uh, don't go crazy. This is, I think, that uh, the best thing. You have to have the same spirit when you win and, and when you lose. And another thing, it's when you lose, you you could think about. They can't fire me, blah, blah, blah. The things that don't depend on you, letting go. Who depends on you is make a good practice, arrive to the team, show them the new plan, make the drills and that. If you're going to be fired or contract, also it don't depend on you. Then don't spend too much time thinking about that. Thank you, Coach. Well, thank you so much for your time today. We, we both are huge fans, and it's it's an honor to have you on. And, and thank you for, for sharing your thoughts. We really appreciate yeah. it. Thanks, Coach. For, yeah, like Dan said, it's a, it's a pleasure for me. And if you one day want to come to Santiago to Obradoiro, it want to be your home, and it will be a pleasure talk with you and, and spend time uh, uh, talking about basketball. And I have to to say very good for the job that you thank you, Coach. That yeah, you, you do coach. that you do which is amazing for all basketball lovers. Uh, keep doing a slapping glass. Very good. Thank you very much. so much for tuning in. Please make sure to subscribe to our newsletter for additional insights on this podcast. Have a great week coaching and we'll see you next time on Slapping Class.